0: We'll give them all then. (laughs) Okay, okay. If I can encapsulate it all, it's like it is safe to be a wealthy, turned on, rich as fuck, loud, bold, confident woman, taking up space, being sexual, being successful, making money, and you can still have a beautiful big heart and love the fuck out of other people. I think that there's this weird kind of myth that we're all taught or sold at some point which is like you can have love or you can have all of these other things or it's audacious to have money or to be confident in your body or your sensuality or it's too much or it's too arrogant or people will be thinking that you're full of yourself and it's like what's wrong with loving yourself what's wrong with wanting to have a beautiful life what's wrong with thinking that you're awesome. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't understand why it became like a thing. Well, I do understand, right? The roots are in patriarchy, obviously, but you can have love and all of those things as well. Because if we think that they're separate, whether it's unconscious or conscious we will always try and get love first. We'll always try and get safety first because these are like deep needs, whereas like the others are more in that kind of category of desire. And so do the work to like let yourself, uh, you know, have them all in this one bucket. You know, I can have love. I can have pleasure. I can have money. I can have deep devotion to my work and make amazing money. I can have time off. I can have boundaries. Like you're allowed to experience the playground of life and have a really fucking good time and make a difference and make money and love yourself. That's, that's the main thing that I would say and what I stand for.
1: Welcome to the Inner BS Podcast. We are action
0: takers, rule
1: breakers, and change makers. We rebel against the status quo and pave our own way. We are unapologetic in our claim of wealth, freedom, and pleasure. We are spiritual beings first and human beings second. We are soul-led service providers designing our own future. I'm your host, Jessica Zeinstra. I believe our world needs a revolution. I believe service providers can be the ones who bring it. Hello, Amy. I'm so, so excited to have you here today. And I want to preface all of this by saying I don't remember how or when I first discovered you. It might have been last year sometime. And when I first came across your Instagram page, the the energy that I was receiving from you was this like unapologetic bad bitch with a big heart, like majestic kind of <laughs> rebel being. And I was so intrigued because I think especially as women, seeing other women really express themselves unapologetically is really such a, such a beautiful thing um, and gives permission to other women to, to do the same. So thank you for allowing us to witness you in that way. Um, and I start every podcast with the same question. This is the inner bullshit, inner BS podcast. So if there was one story, one kind of inner bullshit narrative that when you discovered it, you decided to say, fuck this, and you changed the narrative kind of everything after that opened up and changed for you? If you could pinpoint just one story, what would that story be?
0: If I could pinpoint one, it would be the story that it's selfish to put yourself first. And what my life has really taught me is that we're actually able to be of really deep service and love and devotion to others through being that for ourselves first right it's like that saying it's that says you can't pour from an empty cup and if we look at that it's like by pouring into ourselves first we're able to actually have truer relationships we're able to show up for our businesses for our intimate partnerships for our friendships Truly wanting to be there, truly wanting to give, to love, to pour into other people. Whereas when we don't put ourselves first, we typically are going to be coding those relationships with resentment or bitterness, whether it's conscious or unconscious. And that's like not good for anyone. Right. So what I've learned through, you know, the the journey of not doing that, because I used to not be, you know, as unapologetic and Uh, self-honoring as I am now, what I learned through that, through burning out, through ending up with really depleted health, through having relationships that weren't serving me, that weren't lighting me up, filling me up, overflowing with love, was that by putting myself to the top of the pile, I was able to show up better as a friend, better at work, better as a lover, as a better coach for my clients. And through having great boundaries, I was actually able to get closer with people in a really authentic way and to let them really know me and see me and feel me and give me what I truly desired. Uh, And I think it's really interesting because often we, as women, can be afraid of having those boundaries or having that unapologetic self-honoring or self-expression because we think that we won't be loved or people will think we're a bitch or people will think mm-hmm. we're arrogant and actually the truth is that we get more love more safety more intimacy when we're being true to ourselves yes gosh yes the boundary piece
1: was such a big shift for me and i think you know for a lot of women were brought up to think we need to be a certain way and people please and you know like nurture other people and put other people first and yeah not not setting boundaries because you don't want to be perceived as this bitch right be strong but not too strong
0: yeah. <laughs> be bold but not
1: too <laughs> bold and so what do you find is like the line for you or how did how did you go about serving yourself in that way of, of figuring out what your boundaries are and then, you know, compassionately setting and enforcing them.
0: Yeah. A lot of trial and error (laughs) because I used to be (laughs) a really big people pleaser, believe it or not. And I want to share that because it's very easy to look at the confidence and the power and the boundaries that I embody now. And to be like, oh, it's easy for Amy. She's just like that. She's a fierce Leo. She's, you know, a strong independent woman. But the truth is that I've learned to be how I am now and to take up space in the way that I do because I experienced the opposite reality earlier in my life. And I really didn't have any boundaries at all for the majority of my life. I wasn't taught that. I experienced certain things throughout my life, like abuse and bullying and all these things that you know, made it feel very uh, scary or unsafe to actually enforce boundaries. But at the same time, that lack of boundaries was leading to a lot of destruction within my body, within my life, my habits. And I also had this history of PTSD and disassociation. So I really wasn't even tuning in or attuned to what I needed. What I desired, what I wanted. And so for me, uh, like my relationships had no boundaries because I wasn't even sure what I wanted from those relationships. Uh, And so the journey to learning about boundaries and honoring myself and putting myself first was one of trial and error. And it's kind of like a muscle that I started to build. I started getting these little insights of awareness of like, oh, okay. I want to say no to this, but I'm feeling scared to say no and just leaning into that edge and being like, okay, well, what would it feel like to just communicate no with love and giving it a go and going, oh, okay, wow, like the world didn't spontaneously combust. Nobody hates me. It's fine. Okay. And your nervous system expands little by little in that way. And you realize little bit by little, like, oh, it's safe to honor myself. It's safe to be truthful. Um, And there are also experiences where you won't be met with love and understanding and compassion when you set boundaries. And the assignment in those moments, at least for me, was to really like self-soothe in healthy ways and to mother myself. And to remind myself that, you know, it's okay to put myself first, but it was like a a journey of experimenting, a journey of leaning into the edges and a journey of expanding like through that trial and error, I suppose. Yeah. I love that you said it's a journey. It really is. Cause I think like you said so
1: often, you know, people will, will see someone like you or, you know, another leader that's really owning who they are and and really powerful and strong and make that assumption of oh they were born this way right like they've always been like this this is just how they are and 99.9% of the time at least in my experience it's the exact opposite you know there's they've usually overcome some pretty big hurdles and gone down this really intense journey of learning how to express themselves and like you said leaning into their edges and you know being met with some major resistance and you know people not necessarily respecting your boundaries and you know the life the life challenges yeah
0: yeah totally i mean one of my first memories is me going to I do not even know if it was kindergarten or before you go to kindergarten, like super young, must've been like four years old. And I got in trouble or my mom was spoken to because I was told I was too bossy. I was like being too bossy (laughs) or too bold with the other children or something. And it's like moments like that, which you might think, oh, well, you know, it's just kind of an insignificant event. But these imprints, you know, impress upon us somewhere deep within our bodies as women. Like, it's okay if you're like this, but it's kind of not okay if you're like this. You can be this, but you can't be too much of this. And then, you know, like later in childhood, going through like sexual trauma and sexual abuse, like the the thing that I did to like survive was like, I just go along with whatever, right? So to get safety. And so for anyone Whether you've experienced like a really big trauma like that, or just society in general and cultural conditioning, like we do lots of little things unconsciously because we're conditioned to do that, to go along, to be the good girl in order to get safety, in order to get the job interview or the promotion or the relationship to like bury things down so that people don't think you're crazy or people don't think you're too much of this or you're taking up too much space, you're too loud or you're too bossy or whatever it is. And like the most incredible reclamation, and this is why I devote my whole life to this now, is like giving women permission to take back all of these pieces of themselves that they've discarded or buried or they've put in the too much bucket and be like, take that back, embody that and be be who you want to be. I mean, I'm just like,
1: yes, yes, yes. I think it's, and, and I really feel like we're in, we're in the day and age where it's time. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's time for women to reclaim their power. And, you know, this is, I feel like this has been bubbling for a really long time, and with every generation, I, I can, you know, if you look back, you can see women reclaiming more and more and more of their power. And I feel like we're really at this precipice, almost, of of women just fully stepping into their own, and also, you know, as as more adult women start to do this journey and and heal their story, you can now better support the next generation that's coming on. So hopefully they have less of these boxes that they're being put in, right? Like, like I I'm I'm a fur baby mom. I don't have any kids. (laughs) And yet like I feel like doing all of this healing work before, you know, making the decision to have have children just to really ensure that you are passing on this more empowered, free container for the next generation is is a powerful thing to do.
0: It's so powerful, and you know what a lot of people don't realize or perhaps know, and I know because one of the modalities that I work with in my healing containers is rebirthing breathwork and it's one of the most magical somatic healing modalities that you'll ever come across. And in these sessions, what comes up for people is like a lot of trauma that's stored in the body or conditioning. And some of it is not even that individuals, right? It's coming from, like it's being passed down the lineage. It's being passed down through the birthing experience. And so One of the most incredible things that women specifically can do is to do rebirthing breath work before they conceive because they're clearing their vessel of so many of these imprints before they then like have a child. And I just honestly, if the whole world could have these rebirthing sessions, we would end up with (laughs) an entirely different generation of humans because, uh, you know, we store so much in the body, we store ancestral Imprints in the body, you know, like stuff from our ancestors that's passed down in our DNA. This is not only like a spiritual theory, this is now proven through epigenetics. And so, even though you can want the best for your child when you have your child and when you're raising them, like so much of that comes down to like, what healing are you doing for you? What are you embodying for you? And um, I know so much of the healing work that I've done has also been for my mother because of all of the healing that she didn't yet do. She's now going through like more of a healing journey now later in life because of like the influence of me. Uh, But one of the best gifts that anyone who wants to be a mother could give themselves and their descendants or their children is looking at the healing And the self love that they have to activate within themselves. Mm. Yeah, I've definitely noticed that my
1: my relationship with my mom in you know me doing my own healing journey over the past ten years, the relationship that I have with my mom is completely shifted. Right, like it's so much deeper, and I wouldn't be able to have the relationship that I have with her today if I hadn't have gone through my own, my own healing. Yeah.
0: That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. Right.
1: I'm curious. So I've, I've done a lot of, I do breath work and I have it in my practice and breath work for me has been um, probably the biggest tool that like that has created the most shifts outside of, you know, any kind of like plant medicine experience. I feel like Mm -hmm. breath work has been by far the, the biggest healer for me. I have never heard of rebirthing breathwork. I'm curious. Babe, you got to try
0: it. Like if you're, if you're already into <laughs> the breathwork <laughs> and the plant medicine, you know, there's a lot of rebirthers who don't even go down the plant medicine route because the rebirth is very similar in some ways. I mean, I've I've been down the plant medicine route as well. Uh, but rebirthing is exclusively nose breathing, whereas the other modalities typically like holotropic and transformational breathing are breathing, you know, using the mouth. Um, but it's a separate, uh they're, they're two different mechanisms, right? Like nose breathing and mouth breathing are very different. And so the best way I could describe it to you in terms of how you physically experience it, because I've played with both, uh, is that it. I would say rebirthing is more gentle in some ways, but deeper. So Mm. uh, sometimes with the mouth breathing, it can create a really physical sensation and a really visceral sensation. Uh, But for some people, in my opinion, it it can almost like, if, if they have triggers or patterns that are to do with like drama and chaos, that kind of breathing can almost like, play a bit into that, you know what I mean? Um, and so with the rebirthing it's just it's a more gentle experience. You still get a very physical experience but I feel like it goes a lot deeper and it works more with like the imprints of the womb and the imprints of your birth. So a lot of people are born in traumatic ways because of the way that the birthing process has been colonized. And obviously we've all been born before, right? Whether it's like vaginal birth or cesarean or however. And so when you're on a rebirthing breathwork journey, we look at like the way you were conceived, uh, the pregnancy, what that was like, were you breastfed? uh, What was the birth like? Literally down to were the lights on Who touched you first, you know, and so many different things like that. Did your mom have an abortion before? Did she miscarry before? Like all of that gets brought into this modality. Oh, this,
1: I'm okay. I'm so excited because it's, (laughs) I feel like this is, I feel like this is an area that most people, when they start doing, you know, healing, it's like go back to the root cause. And yes, we can go back to the root cause, but I find often people, will will go back to the root cause around age like 1 2 or 3 and mm-hmm. neglect the fact that there can be imprinted traumatic or significant emotional events well before that. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure my birth was a an incredibly traumatic event and there's oh I'm I'm now really excited to dive into this.
0: Yeah. It's it's really powerful, you know, and it it's so incredible because you don't actually need to know the exact story around like the root of things so often I'll have clients who might cry a lot in a session and their body might even have random twitches or sensations or even little spasms and things and something's releasing but there's no story attached to it and we don't always need to give it the story, you know, like the mind and the ego loves to like have the story so we can like talk about it with our conscious friends and be like, yes, I'm healing this, you know, uh, but sometimes and often there are things that don't necessarily need to have words uh, and that's the amazing thing about breathwork, not just this modality but like breathwork in general is that allows you to truly release things without needing to understand it with your cortical mind Um, and that's the most, it's, it's also why it's very powerful for men, this modality because, uh, men try to use their brain a lot, right. They like to like understand like what is going on. And it's why a lot of men who get into spirituality and wellness, they're very much into like Biohacking, and if I think of my husband, he like wants to know why he's doing something. He wants to know like the studies around it and blah blah blah, and understand it with his mind. But where a lot of men probably need a little bit more love, nourishment, and healing is in their emotional body, and that's not always the easiest for men to tap into through like therapy or a conversation with their partner. And so, breathwork really allows men to go into that kind of physical energetic body and release a lot of emotion without needing to um talk about it or have their conscious mind you know disrupting that because they're trying not to feel emasculated or they're afraid to like reveal their heart so it's really great for men as well
1: yeah oh my gosh i'm just thinking of a conversation that my husband and i had the other day and it was literally on exactly this, on <clears throat> how, you know, he's trying to make sense of an emotion that he was feeling and it's like, but sometimes you, there is no sense to make of it, right? Like mm. you try so hard to run all the scenarios and justify it and in your mind. And for me, and I think most people, you know, most of the time, there isn't a reason and there doesn't need to be a reason. And like separating separating the, the need to create a story or a reason around why you're feeling some type of way and just allowing yourself to feel whatever it is you're feeling it can be, I know it was scary for me when I first started just allowing emotions to run through my body without putting any kind of mental story or meaning around, where they're coming from, why I'm feeling it, and just allowing it to move through your body, Um, which I think is why I've I've also, kind of like you, gravitated so strongly towards breath work because it does allow you to release so much without needing to go back and remember the very specific event that is holding the trauma.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Totally
1: agree. So, how would you say that this, you know, going through this, you know, the the healing journey and, you know, supporting your clients with breath work, how would you say that that translates into their business?
0: Yeah. So, I work with a lot of business owners because. I love this path of doing business in this kind of rebellious, feminine, unapologetic way, as you might imagine knowing me. Uh, And I have a business and I lead people through their own business journeys based on like how I run mine, which is that I am a coach, I'm a mentor, I'm a healer, I do, you know, priestess work, but my business is interwoven with my life and who I am. So, I'm very multi dimensional. My business has different aspects to it. I don't necessarily have a niche. I am the niche. And the healing work that I personally devote myself to and have for years weaves into that, right? Because if I am the person at the wheel of the business, if the brand is centered around me, if I'm the one making the decisions, which I am, then All of my beliefs, all of my desires, my comfort around expressing myself, my power, all of that is being transmitted into the business and is driving the business. So that's why I think, you know, a lot of people would find it easier to invest in their business than they would to invest the same amount or the same level of investing, like just in their healing or you know, their beliefs because they their logical mind will be like, oh, well, I can measure the return on my business coach or I can measure the return on hiring this person. (laughs) And you can't always like put a pin in the healing, can you? Like sometimes you can, but sometimes it's like an accumulation of different things that you're doing. Uh, But I believe that having healing support and looking at the layers of your consciousness is always going to bring abundance to your business uh, because, you know, you're you're the, yeah, you, you are the business, right? And so mm-hmm. if you're feeling great or if you're working on the parts of yourself that feel like they need some love or some nurturing or some support, all of that is always going to feed back into the decisions you make, the way that you show up, and even just the energy that's felt when you show up you know, like when we started this show, you were saying like, oh, Amy, you know, like online, you're this unapologetic bad bitch. Like all of that is an essence that is conveyed from everything that happens behind the screen. Right. I could do all those things like on the screen and maybe some people would believe that, but there would be like an intuitive sense if I was not in alignment with that, you know, like there wouldn't be like, all these hundreds of women coming into my programs, or if they did, they would be disappointed with what they found. So, um, it's that saying, fake it till you make it. I don't like it because I'm like, no, I'm like, you know, be the embodiment of, you know, the person you want to be off the screen and on the screen or like in the business and out of the business. And I think like healing self-development, it's the best investment you can make in yourself as a business owner.
1: 1000%. I also struggle with the phrase fake it till you make it because like you said, you can feel you, you can you can perceive somebody as one way on the screen, right? And then once you start working with them or actually like go into their business, if there isn't if there's incongruency between who you're presenting online and then who people receive when they actually meet you in person or virtual or however, you know, you're offering your services, if it's, if that energy isn't the same, I mean, no one's going to come back, right? Like (laughs) you're not really going to have a business that's growing.
0: Totally. It's like completely out of integrity, you know? And I sort of get why people might say that quote, you know, it's like that thing of like acting as if, or like, if you're not confident, you know, just giving it a go and, uh, acting as if maybe, you would in five years with that kind of confidence. So I kind of understand why people say it, but at the same time, I dislike it because I think for me, the biggest compliment ever is when someone says to me like, oh, you're just how you are like online or they meet me in person. They're like, wow, you're like the exact same. And I'm like, yes, (laughs) you know, because I want people to know me and to feel me and to feel my heart. And I want people to come into, my spaces and my programs and be blown away. If anything, I'd actually rather them be like more pleasantly surprised by the richness of the experience than what they thought they were getting, you know? So um, I guess for anyone who, you know, did like that quote until we <laughs> we said we didn't <laughs> um, or is thinking like, oh, but, you know, I'm not confident to so how I'm going to show up. It's instead of faking it till you make it, recognize that there's a part of you inside who already is confident, who already is a leader, who is super powerful, right? Because if you have a desire to be that way, it's not an accident that you have that desire. And so there's already a part of you inside. And it's like, how do we harness that part of you more and more and more? How do we feel into that part? What would that aspect of yourself say? Or how would she or they be, you know, when they show up in their business or online and just start to like lean into that a little bit more. I think that's like a healthier way of encompassing that.
1: Yes, I love her. You're like, it, it already exists because if you have the desire, the desire didn't just. F- you know come out of nowhere like it came from within you so yeah if it's if it's coming from within you like you already have the the ability and capacity to actualize it totally it's like
0: I don't have a desire to be a brain surgeon right but I and and you maybe don't have a desire to write a book whereas someone else might have the, the desire and the fact that you have the desire means that that's what wants to pour through you. You know, that's something that you have for a reason. And so your job isn't to question it. Your job is to go, okay, cool. How do we start to make this happen? How do we start to, you know, lean into this and bring this into the world? Um, That's our job, not to doubt ourselves.
1: Yes. And this is where all of the, you know, healing too comes in because as these desires come up, right? Like often we get smacked with these stories of, oh, but I could never, oh, you know, I'm not good enough for this or, oh, how will this work out? And, you know, like you said, our job is not to question it. Our job is just to lean into it and also, you know, go through the healing that allows you to trust yourself and allows you to reconnect to your intuition and your inner wisdom and learn how to lean back into yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a game of nervous system regulation, which is why the healing is important. And when I say healing, I don't just mean journaling or taking a course on setting goals. I mean, you know, breath work, uh, deep forms of meditation, you know, the different somatic modalities. I mean, there's so many of them, right? Even like I work with a lot of sensuality and tantric modalities, and I teach a lot of that as well, because it might seem like, oh, that's separate, you know, working with your sensuality or working with your breath isn't the same thing as being confident, but it is because when you have a desire that's really big and scary, but also amazing, your nervous system if it has you know this imprinting or these trauma responses if you go into fight or flight or freeze or fawn like that's going to get in the way of the desire right because you're always going to try and meet your need for safety first and so if you have these pronounced trauma responses going on because of various things that have happened in your life you can work with that response and you can fortify You know, your nervous system, you can find really healthy ways of soothing yourself, or you can have certain practices that you draw upon in those moments, or practices that you do regularly to strengthen your nervous system so that when something scary comes up, or something kind of like knocks your confidence, or I don't know, you have something that happens out of the blue that makes you feel really nervous or really shaken up, it's going to be a much quicker time frame for you to bring yourself back into that window of tolerance, that soothed place so that you can keep doing the things that you want to do. But if you're not doing that healing and you're getting knocked down and you have to go and hide away for weeks at a time, and maybe you're not in your business during that time, it's going to be harder to go and create those things that you want, you know, because you're um you're not giving yourself a chance you know it's it's about giving yourself love you know giving yourself healing and devoting yourself to that is giving yourself love it's giving yourself opportunity it's giving yourself a chance to actually go out and be the very best that you can be to do the things that you want to do and you're worth that and so um you know again it's <laughs> it's why i'm like always telling people like anything that's helping you to regulate your nervous system is always going to be a win-win whether it's like business, relationships, intimacy, sexuality, manifestation, it all matters. Yeah. And and yes, it
1: all matters because like you said, you know, if relating it to business, if if you're wanting to launch something or do something different or, you know, put yourself out there in a different way or, you know, whatever, do something that seems really scary and you're unable to regulate your nervous system or get past those feelings of, f- you know, freezing, fawning, f- running away, whatever, then your business isn't really going to grow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Totally. And, you know, a lot of people have fears around rejection, confrontation, um, being wrong, not being good enough, all of these things, right? And so the really cool thing is that when you go on a healing journey or a self development journey and you're looking at all of these experiences and how they shaped your belief systems, how they shaped your limiting beliefs you can then transfer that awareness into more confidence in your business because you can say, oh, I've been here before. So for me, I was so scared when I started my business. I didn't have anywhere near the confidence that I have now. And when I fail or when things don't go well, I literally just laugh most of the time. I have this method where I call it the lull method. And I'm like, if you can't control it, you just got to lull. (laughs) So literally anything happens now, I'm like, oh, whatever, whatever, you know. This is part of like God's plan for me, obviously. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, but I wasn't like that. But the reason I can be, the reason that I have that kind of level of relaxation and confidence with the ups and downs of business and the lessons is because of all of the uh, you know, self awareness and the reflection and the healing that I did around previous challenges in my life where I realized like, oh, wow. Well, I survived that and I healed that. And I feel like I really like who I am as a result of like going through those things and I'm proud of myself. And so that kind of self-esteem that comes from healing is always going to, you know, help your business ascend and expand and allow you to pick yourself back up when things go wrong because things go wrong all the time in business, you know, and you really have to back yourself. Um, And there's a certain, uh, you know, fire inside when you're backing yourself and it's not an accident. It comes from building resilience and through, uh, you know, the resilience that we get through going through challenges, reflecting and uh, coming out the other side.
1: Yes. I love that you said, you know, challenges, you have challenges in your business and the just lull about it. (laughs) Just fucking, (laughs) (laughs) well, that was fun. (laughs) Next. Yeah, literally. (laughs) But it does. It takes, it takes practice and it takes, you know, healing and learning how to get to that place. And, you know, so often we see people celebrating their wins, but we forget that there are still challenges going on behind the scenes. And, you know, similarly, like how you we were talking about earlier, where someone will see you online and just immediately assume that you've always been this really strong unapologetic woman but you've had to learn how to mm-hmm. step into who you are as that kind of a woman and just like with with you know quote unquote failures you know I don't necessarily like using the term failure because it is a lesson and you can just loll about it right mm-hmm. but it does it takes it takes time and it takes, Practice and learning, and no matter no matter what point you are in life or your business, like shit will hit the fan. Like it's it's <laughs> you yeah. Know, it's not like you suddenly arrive at this this place where everything goes according to plan, and there are no roadblocks or setbacks, and it just. But it, it, it's how you respond to it, and how you manage it and and how you're able to handle yourself in those moments that matter most.
0: Yeah. I mean, a lot of people want the dream, you know, they want the six or seven figure business, but perhaps the question that we should contemplate is like, are you ready to hold that level of responsibility? Are you ready mm. to hold that energy? Because it's not just some, you know, random like no strings attached, no responsibility thing to be cultivating that level of trust from your audience, trust from the people coming into your spaces, them giving you that money. And also like the admin, the challenges that can come with that when you're dealing with hundreds or maybe thousands of people, right? And uh, you got to have guts. You know, it's, I always say business is this hilarious tango for me between like being really full of ease and full of surrender and pleasure. And at the same time, having like a really fierce dedication. And, um, you know, I worked really hard to start my business. I didn't know what I was doing, I didn't have any business experience. I didn't study that. I started from scratch. I had zero followers. I, didn't know what I was doing half the time. And I still kept going and I showed up and, you know, I had friendships that like ended because of the work that I was doing. And I've been through so many challenges in my business, but that's that's what makes my business really interesting. You know, I love a challenge mm. and um, my, you know, desire, my intention is always like, how can I bring as much ease as I can to these challenges. How can I see these challenges as for me, you know, as initiations into even more leadership, as initiations into even more confidence? Um, And I think, you know, a lot of that comes down to resilience, You know, I've been building resilience my whole life and then business just helps you build even more resilience, right? Um, And it's always the people who have that resilience and that dedication who keep going when other people give up. They're the ones who make it, you know, the ones who keep going even when they're not receiving that external result or validation or when they hit a roadblock. When I hit a roadblock, I'm just like, okay, no worries, we'll find another way. You know, no doesn't mean no. It means like next opportunity, or we're going to deviate and still go where we're going. We're going to recalibrate. Whereas, like, I think a lot of people might get a no and really personalize or internalize it and then see that as evidence of like, oh, it's not working. So I'll give up. Um, And so I think for business, you really got to have that like fierce self belief. You know, you've got to believe in yourself more than anyone else believes in you. Like I believe in myself more than anyone else on this planet. Like I, I know what I'm meant to do. I know what I was made for. And um, I often tell my clients with business, I'm like, you have to burn all your ships on the shore. I think Tony Robbins or someone said that. And it's like, there's no other way. There's no, there's no other thing that I'm doing. If it doesn't work this yeah. time, it's fine. We'll find a different way to make it work because this is my path.
1: I love how you the reframe on calling it an initiation
0: because yeah. it is
1: like <laughs> it, I, I I haven't heard it said that way and I'm I'm loving it and I'm adopting that because when you look at it as an initiation it's almost like okay this is an initiation let's fucking go yeah let's let's figure it out I'm being initiated into expanding my container and the next level of of myself and and you know expanding my resilience and just figuring it out. I mean, when I I'm the I'm the queen of there's plan A, there's no plan B. Like if there's even really a plan at all, I'm like I just jump and figure it out as I go. Yeah. And, you know, this isn't saying that like I don't have a loose plan and also my biggest successes have come literally from, you know, like you said like I I, I cut the net. Like I cut, I cut the line. Like I just, I jump and that full forward trust in knowing that no matter what happens, it's going to work out has served me immensely. And generally speaking has then created some of my, my biggest business successes.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, that's how I roll too. Do you know your human design type?
1: Oh yeah. So I'm a manifesting generator, one three sacral authority.
0: You got that three line. That's why, babe. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a three five, and uh, it's a very interesting combination. The three five, but uh, having that three is like you know, we're the risk takers, and. Uh, Like I'm still strategic, you know, like I got a lot of Virgo and Capricorn in my astrology chart, which I'm all about. I really like it. It's like a mix of being intuitive, but I also, you know, have like a logical aspect to me. And so I really love to take risks and then just kind of figure it out as I go. Because I feel like I can, you know, I can take those bold leaps and then I'm like, okay, then I'll strategize after like (laughs) how we're actually going to like keep the wheels on this thing. Um, but I think like knowing your human design is really powerful because it can help you in that process of trying to take more, uh, you know, risky moves and trying to be more confident and like go out on a bit of an edge, uh, cause different types I think have different processes around this. So
1: yeah. Oh, 1000%. I'm just digging into learning more about human design. Have you looked at gene keys yet? Because that's like the next, I have the next rabbit hole for <laughs> you. <laughs> I'm about to go down a serious rabbit hole after this.
0: The gene keys are amazing. It kind of like brings in human design as well, but it's way more complex and deep. Like I've been working with a coach just to help me figure out my gene keys. But um, yeah, start with human design for sure. And then when you feel like you've nailed that, then Gene Keys, I think you'll love based on, you know, all the things that you're into.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's, I'm like, check, check, check. We're going to go down a complete (laughs) rabbit hole. Yeah. Love it. Um, So if you could give anybody listening, like one, you know, I think it's always – So hard to nail down like one piece of advice, but if you could give them just one piece of advice,
0: what would you say? Oh, my goodness. I mean. Is that a loaded question? (laughs) There's so many things that everyone needs to know. Oh, my goodness. We'll give them all then. (laughs) Okay. Okay. If I can encapsulate it all, it's like it is safe to be a wealthy, turned on, rich as fuck, loud, bold, confident woman, taking up space, being sexual, being successful, making money, and you can still have a beautiful big heart and love the fuck out of other people. I think that there's this weird kind of myth that we're all taught or sold at some point, which is like, you can have love or you can have all of these other things, or it's audacious to have Money, or to be confident in your body or your sensuality, or it's too much, or it's too arrogant, or people will be thinking that you're full of yourself. And it's like, what's wrong with loving yourself? What's wrong with wanting to have a beautiful life? What's wrong with thinking that you're awesome? Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't understand why it became like a thing. Well, I do understand, right? The roots are in patriarchy, obviously, but. You can have love and all of those things as well because if we think that they're separate, whether it's unconscious or conscious, we will always try and get love first. We'll always try and get safety first because these are like deep needs whereas like the others are more in that kind of category of desire. And so do the work to like let yourself, uh, you know, have them all in this one bucket you know, I can have love, I can have pleasure, I can have money, I can have deep devotion to my work and make amazing money. I can have time off, I can have boundaries. Like you're allowed to experience the playground of life and have a really fucking good time and make a difference and make money and love yourself. That's that's the main thing that I would say and what I stand for. Fuck yes. <laughs>
1: I what I I mean we can go down a whole other rabbit hole on it, but yeah, I love that you said like there, there why do people think that it's so wrong to love yourself? And I personally see nothing wrong with being completely quote unquote full of yourself because like being full of yourself just means that you're totally vibing on yourself.
0: Like, yeah. I
1: love like just fucking vibe on yourself.
0: Yeah, vibe out on yourself. Like who else are you going to vibe out on? Um, I mean, one of the things that the gene keys has actually taught me, because in my particular set of gene keys, we all have different like keys. Uh, There's for each key, there's like a shadow, a gift, and then there's like a city, which is like an enlightened state of being. And in one of my keys, there's the key of arrogance. So there's a shadow of arrogance in one of these keys. And it's so interesting because Jean Keys talks about this and like our collective or cultural uh, interpretation of arrogance is actually the opposite in Gene Keys. So in Gene Keys, they say that to be truly a person of humility you is almost what some people would perceive as being arrogant because you literally just don't, you're not even thinking about how you're perceived because you're just in a state of being cool with who you are you know, Mm -hmm. loving who you are, knowing that you're great, celebrating those aspects of yourself and actually humility as some people try and align with it is actually arrogance because you're trying to avoid being judged. You're trying to control how you're being seen, which is the same as someone who is actually kind of, you know, being what we might think of as arrogant, whether just like boasting and, and it's coming from insecurity, but there's a difference you know in the energetics when we look at like loving yourself and um, you know being a self-honoring woman, it just means that you're in your very natural state of being. You just think that you're great, you love yourself, you know that you are love, you put yourself first and in doing so you can actually you know be really loving to other people because you're not trying to control how you're being perceived. you're honoring yourself. You're pouring from the fullest cup. And truly, I think, like, you know, the world would be very different if people had a lot more love for themselves. So I'm all about it.
1: Oh my God. The world would be a completely different place. Can you imagine the world? I feel like we would live in like Fern gully
0: if <laughs> every can you single imagine? person. Imagine. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine the friendships that we would have as women? Like can Oh my you- God. Like, and how close we would be and like how we would come together in community and even think of like what it would be like for mothers and for little girls and, you know, even for men, you know, like the patriarchy and, you know, this culture of self-loathing that doesn't help men either, even though women typically are like less safe and have less rights and things like that. It harms men as well for women to be that way. So like, imagine if every single person just loved themselves and we were all just hanging out and like loving on each other because we weren't afraid of how we we're being perceived. And we were like honoring each other's boundaries and being of service to one another. Like the world would just be, <laughs> I don't even know. Oh like God, I can't I even plan. like conceive it. <laughs> I'm like, first, I want this for the
1: entire planet. Second, like I wanna create a commu- I wanna create a community. Let's go buy an island and invite all of the people that are self-loving and self-honoring and just create this like magical mythical reality.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is my plan. I'm gonna buy a property here soon in Mallorca and I'm going to have like a little commune situation going on, and everyone can just be naked and just cook and like dance and just hug and just vibe on one another. It's going to happen for all here of this. in Mallorca. <laughs> yes.
1: What I hear for all of this, I actually love seeing like, I'm seeing more and more people doing exactly that buying big pieces of land in different places around the world to create these these communities where people can come and live in full love and harmony with each other, which I think is just so beautiful. So gorgeous. Yes. Uh, This has been such an amazing conversation. Um, I'm going to put all of your information in the show notes so people can find you. They can um, follow you. and Work with you.
0: Yay. Thanks for having me. It's been an honor and a pleasure. So I appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the Inner BS
1: Podcast. Send me a DM to let me know how much you loved this episode. Leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcast. Take a screenshot and then email to hello at innerbeautyschool.co to receive a free Inner BS sticker pack and be entered to win a free membership to the Inner Beauty School campus for a full year. Remember, you are cosmic stardust. You get to flip the tables on the status quo and pave your own way.